It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good afternoon, everyone. We are back at it with the San Jose Sharks after a little bit of a mini break in the schedule, getting a couple days off, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then we've got two. Today at 5 o'clock versus Nashville, tomorrow at 5 o'clock in Anaheim, Taking on the Ducks, then you get a couple days off again before you are at L.A. on Thursday, and then hosting L.A. on Saturday. Tuesday, hosting Florida, Jumbo Joe back in town for the first time since leaving the San Jose Sharks at L.A. again. Friday night, you're home against Colorado. Sunday, the 20th, you are hosting Arizona, and you're at Calgary, at Edmonton, hosting Anaheim on the 26th. Then on a rare Wednesday night game for the Sharks, feels like we hardly ever get any of those. They are at Arizona and then at Colorado to end the month of March, which takes us into April. Uh, but let's let's not get too far ahead of ourselves just yet. Obviously, the San Jose Sharks in a tough spot right now when we look at the standings. They are 10 points back now of Nashville, who occupied the second spot in the West. And San Jose at 54 points, again, 10 back of Nashville with 64, Edmonton has 64, Anaheim has 61, Vancouver has 60, Winnipeg with 58, and of course the Sharks with 54. So they have some work to do, obviously. Uh, they're not out of it, though, by any means. One of the things we've seen the Sharks talk about as of late is they do not want to give up on this season. They do st still think there is a chance that they are in it. And I think that that's something important important to pay attention to. I think you can't have a point right now where you've got two months of the season left and guys are giving up. And I don't, I don't think they're giving up. But I just think it's important that these guys realize they are just a very quick little bit away to get themselves right back into things. And I, I think that one thing that will greatly help the San Jose Sharks is when they can get Eric Carlson back in the lineup. Because this slide began with the loss of Eric Carlson the forearm injury and the surgery he had to undergo. He could be returning uh, this upcoming week on Thursday night against LA, which would be huge if that's true. Uh, but you just see how important he is to the lineup, how much better the Sharks are when he's out there, and obviously how much worse they are when he's not out there. And it's just, again, I know everybody points to the contract and they they have a big deal about that. But listen, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, is he's an asset to the team and they were clearly better when he was out there on the ice. So if you can get him back out there and you can give yourself a little bit of momentum going forward, it would be obviously beneficial. Uh, the problem is right now is you're dealing with more injuries, more problems for the team. Obviously, James Reimer now week to week. Aiden Hill not yet ready re to return. They did go out there and acquire Alex Stalock. You've got a history of him with the team. Uh, they know him. They know how to use him. And it'll be very interesting to see uh, Alex Stalock out there again. And I hope he gets a good reception if he is uh, out there tonight or uh, Sunday night, because we don't know. At the time of this recording, Bob Bugner said he did not know whether or not it was going to be Sachenko or Staylock. But again, while this is not a Stanley Cup contending team, and even though they are still fighting for the playoffs, 
part of the greater paradigm of the season is using this to evaluate your talent going forward. You know, Sachenko, I've liked what I've seen from him. Every time he's come out there from the ice, he hasn't been perfect by any means, but I think that he gives you an option. And I think that that's clearly one of the things the Sharks need to maximize is this evaluation. You know, what do you exactly have in a player like Sachenko? And I think it extends to other guys uh, like a Noah Gregor, for instance. Noah Gregor, I am still very, very high on. I think that obviously you would like to see more production in terms of numbers, but he's a guy who's still finding himself in the NHL. And I think that one of the things to pay attention to with Gregor is he is still making things happen. He is still creating opportunities. Even if he's not finishing on them, you know, the majority of the time, I still look at a player who is active and making things happen. And I think there's more to be said about that than there is somebody else who is not living up to their own lofty measures, like Brent Burns, for instance. I think we all hoped and expected a little bit more out of Brent Burns. And I know he's playing a lot of minutes, which isn't helping. But I think that the way I view Brent Burns and his point totals versus what Noah Gregor is doing is totally different. Obviously, two ends of their career, and it's not the greatest comparison. But, you know, I think there's been a couple of times where I thought, man, I thought Burns was going to bury that. I thought he was going to be able to get a goal there or set up the pass or do whatever. And he didn't come through. I do view that differently than how I view a Noah Gregor. Brent Burns is a known entity, and the bar for him to clear is very, very high. For Noah Gregor, he's still a player that's evolving and turning into something in the NHL. And I think that when we see this creativity from him, when we see the way he can impact the players around him, he knows how to use that speed. And I think it's just a matter of time before it all comes together. And that doesn't mean that he's going to be an all-star or anything of that. But, you know, where are you going to get your depth? Where are you going to get your value? Where are you going to get the players that help you get the most out of the other big money contracts that you're spending? And listen, I, I would love it. If Noah Gregor continued to develop and turned into a uh, you know high 20, 30 goal score, I, I don't see it yet, but I do like the upside. And I do like the fact that he is still an adapting and growing entity because you need players like that. You need young players on the come up, on the upside. You get maximum value. You can use money to grab more uh, established pieces and extend guys that you need to have as part of your vision going forward. But he's another one of those guys that I look forward to and watching him develop. Jonathan Dolan's another one. I think that you know, obviously he had a great start to the season and adjustments have been made to his game and he needs to adjust to the league, but you see the potential there. And I think that trying to judge everything with the Sharks in one very strange season is going to leave you without any clarity. Obviously, I, I know that's how I feel. I mean, I consistently wonder how the fact that you've got so many of these young guys out there on the ice together in terms of the opportunities they're creating for each other, in terms of what they're doing out there on the ice, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a hard way to go about looking at everything out there on the ice because there are so many different things that you're taking into effect. You're looking at all the different injuries. You're looking at all the different new faces. You're looking at all the different factors that have gone into this year, whether it's been COVID, whether it's been injury, whether it's been simply not having the depth and trying to see what fits from the start of the season to where you are now and you know the regulars that are out of the lineup. It's just there's no clear-cut vision of what the Sharks are in 2021-22 because, you know, pretty much since the second week of the season, it's been plugging holes. Whether it's been the injuries to Kevin LeBanc, whether it's been COVID, whatever it's been, the Sharks have been in that position where it's never been like their their top lineup. It's never been like, okay, well, we know exactly what we have in this given instance, so we're going to maximize that. It's just kind of been all over the place and surviving. And I think that there is something to be said about the survival of the San Jose Sharks, especially when a lot of people did not predict them to be, you know, at the start of March, even just 10 points out of the final wildcard spot in the West. 
I think that this is a team that has greatly outperformed expectations, and I think that only lately, since the absence of Eric Carlson, have they regressed. And I hate to be so blunt about it, but that's happened for a reason. You don't lose a player like Eric Carlson and make up for it very easily. What has happened to the Sharks in light of his injury, I think, is very, very... I don't know, predictable, I guess. You know, when I first found out about that injury, I kind of had a sinking feeling in my stomach, which has been followed by a sinking feeling for the Sharks in the standings. You know, I'm not trying to be cute. I'm not trying to make some great comparison. It's just that, listen, when Eric Carlson's not there on the ice, the Sharks are a different team. I I think you don't have to look any further than the way they've performed three-on-three in overtime with Eric Carlson and without Eric Carlson. That's a huge, huge difference. I don't think you have to look at anything in terms of their offensive production without Eric Carlson. You know, just their overall five-on-five play without Eric Carlson. It's it's clear to me. It's very, very clear to me what this team has been without Eric Carlson. Now, that doesn't mean that I absolve Logan Couture, Timo Meyer, Tomas Hurdle, Brent Burns, you know, Mark Edward Vlasic, these other established guys that I think we all were expecting um, – Not necessarily more from, because you have had guys like Hurdle and Meyer having great seasons, and I think that, you know, Logan Couture has to do a lot out there on the ice, and the defensive aspects of his game are definitely overlooked, and I think Mark Edward Vlasic has actually adapted nicely and gotten better as the year has gone on, but I think it's just Eric Carlson has been a, a, a big, big difference maker for the Sharks in terms of what they have been this year, and that's been greatly exemplified since he went down at the end of January with that injury. And in terms of other things we've learned about the Sharks in the last couple of days, uh, Barabanov and Benino were both questionable for tonight's game due to non-COVID illness. So that's not good. And that's also another thing I wonder if we are going to be seeing going forward is whether or not um, you know more guys do get ill because as the mask comes off around our society, we're going to see people um, probably you know just kind of getting sick a little bit more because we've all been masked up for the last couple of years and that's prevented the you know, the common colds and the flu bugs and things of that nature from having the same type of ability to spread. So we'll see if this, uh, if this does become more of a factor moving forward. But it's been a lot all year long. The Sharks have had to deal with a lot, be it injuries, be it COVID, be it guys not living up to expectations, whatever it is. You know, the Sharks have done a good job of weathering the storm. And, you know, it's one of the things that I've talked about all year long is that in terms of the Sharks' lack of production offensively, you've expected more of that pendulum swing just because the Sharks have been denied on so many opportunities, hit the goalpost, or just have had weird bounces, incredible saves made against them. And that that pendulum, as much as you expect it to swing, the Sharks have to swing it themselves. I mean, that's the thing that I keep on coming down to to is that they have got to be the ones in control of their destiny. It's not enough for us to all look at what we consider to be a statistical anomaly and expect things to change, but it's also that we say, okay, this team has to be in control. They've got to take matters into their own hands. They have to be the quote unquote agents of change out there on the ice. If they want to see change out there on the ice. And again, I'm not, I'm not trying to just be cute and come up with, you know, sports talk talking points, but at some point, We get to the nitty-gritty here, right? And it's the Sharks in terms of their scoring, in terms of their depth, in terms of what we've seen. It hasn't been good enough to continue to keep them in the hunt as of late. And whether or not Eric Carlson's been out there, that's not the other guy's problems when they're out there on the ice. They have to be the ones turning things around. They have to be the ones putting pucks in the back of the net. And, you know, tonight is a huge, huge game against Nashville because this is the team they are ostensibly trying to chase. And I know that some people are going to say, Ted, you're, you know, you're inflating a a chase that isn't there right now. But 
Listen, I mean, they talked about it the other day at practice. You could hear Bugner, you could hear the other guys saying that they believe they are one run away from being right back in there. And that's exactly what you want to hear. You don't want to hear that this team has given up. The last thing I want to hear is Logan Couture go out there and say that, well, yeah, I'm really, really excited to see how Ryan Merkley's developing for 2025. It's not what I want to hear from my captain. That's not what I hear want to talk about with the Sharks. I don't want to talk about the future. I want to talk about the here and now. I do want to see this team thrust themselves back into the picture and go on a run and be right there in the thick of things because think about how much fun that'll make every single game for the month of March and for the month of April. And I do think this team has the ability to do it. Whether or not it's proven ability, eh, your take is as good as mine. But what if that pendulum is swung by the Sharks themselves? They do start burying pucks. We've seen a lot of what we've liked from Asachenko. I think we all know that Stalock is a very good and very capable goalie, and I think that the way that the Sharks have played defense this year I think puts them in a spot to not go out there and just have it be a, you know, kind of a wash from here on out or until James Reimer or Aiden Hill comes back. One of the things that I have looked at with the Sharks this year is that in addition to be kind of a back-against-the-wall type team when they come up with their best performances, I've also seen a team that kind of likes being counted out. Whether that's been the road trip, um, you know, to end the month of January and start February going into the All-Star break, whether that was the COVID absence that started back right before Halloween, whether it's been any stretch of this season, the Sharks, when people have said they can't do this, they've gone out there and done it. And I think that that mentality is still lying deep within the Sharks right now. And I think that having their A and B goalies go down and they're going on their third and now newly acquired goalie as a fourth string, that you now have a team that kind of has that position again where it's, you know, the big big middle finger to the rest of the hockey world while they're all saying that the Sharks can't do this. But watch what happens tonight on an early Saturday afternoon game, 5 o'clock start. You're going to have a good crowd there because people are, you know, looking at the reduced restrictions out there and COVID numbers going down and down. I think you get a lively crowd there. You know, you've got history against Nashville. It's not one of the great rivalries, but still there have been playoff battles that you, you look back towards. And I think that, you know, you get an early goal, or maybe a Noah Gregor burying one early, you get some momentum in the building and you see what happens. Because, you know, again, I am not ready to give up on this year. Although I do acknowledge that the Sharks are not, you know, what we would consider a contender to win the Stanley Cup this year, I still want to see the best team out there on the ice in any given game, even with injuries, even with absences. I want to see those guys out there and put forth a really good effort because, I mean, A, that's what we're all paying for. And B, I think that's what we all expect to see. We don't expect to see the Sharks get rolled. We don't expect them to lay down in their own house. I think that, you know, last week against Boston, you had really good uh, energy there. I think you had a really good energy against the crack. And the next night when people were expecting things to be relatively quiet. And so I'm expecting things to be once again, you know, having a good atmosphere, having a good vibe. I think people, again, as the COVID restrictions come down, more people are comfortable in coming out into the rink and being in an indoor venue. I think that has people, the more people you get inside that building, if you've been there, you know, the more people, the more volume, the more energy, you know, one thing kind of snowballs on top of each other. And, you know, you could feel it in a couple of these recent games with the greater attendance. You felt like you had more, you know, more zip, more energy, a little bit more to, you know, lean back on as a team. I think you come to rely on the, the volume and the energy from the stands, which has definitely been lacking simply due to, to COVID. I, I think that's the number one problem. I know that people you know, say, oh, well, people you know, don't want to see the Sharks or they've said it's because the team isn't good. I don't buy that for a second. People go out there to be entertained. You want to see a, an entertaining product in anything in life. You go to an NHL game. And now that more and more people with the reduced limitations and the COVID numbers have 
um, you know, gone down, I think you're going to see more and more people showing up to the building. It'll bring some of that juice back. And I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to, you know, say anything negative about the fans that have been there up to this point, but they've been great. But let's be honest, when it's a full building, when people are there, you get that energy, you get that vibe. It's great. It's one of the best things in sports. And it's something that's been severely lacking for the Sharks for a while now. The fans that have been there have been amazing. They've kept it loud, but it's not the same as when you have a closer to a packed house. So we'll see if that adds a little bit of a boost tonight, but it's a big game, right? I mean, that should be a boost in and of itself. While Nashville is occupying that wildcard spot right now, while the Sharks are trying to chase them down. So I look forward to this and think we're going to get a pretty good game, actually. I think this is going to be a fun one tonight, and I'm not going to be surprised at all if the Sharks come out there and do put a win over a team that is, you know, quote-unquote better than them, and obviously they are better than them in the standings right now, but, you know, the Sharks team against expectations many, many times this year has been able to put forth a good, good performance. And I'm also, you know, I, I like seeing new guys like Dezingle. I like that we've been seeing more of Merkley. I like kind of seeing what the Sharks are doing in terms of this patchwork to make it all fit together. I think that we get to see the Sharks coaching staff really trying to work hard. And it's one of the things I've talked with Drew Rumenda before about is that, you know, when things aren't going well, that's when the coaches are truly, you know, coaching their butts off when they're you know, trying to find the answer when they're working hard, when they're doing the most work. And it's usually the, you know, the outside perception is that the coach isn't doing enough or he's not making enough changes. And, you know, it's interesting to look at it that way because, yeah, I'm sure right now Bob Bugner is searching for answers. He's trying to figure out how we can get some of his guys to find the back of the net more. He's trying to figure out how we can create more second and third opportunities. He's trying to figure out how we can keep his team from going down behind early, how he can get them out to a faster start. I think it's all part of the equation. And that's why, you know, listen, it's not like the Sharks are some abysmal team getting blown out every take out on, every time they're out there on the ice. I have been a fan of some bad, bad teams before. And that is nothing like what we're looking at with the Sharks right now. The Sharks are at the very least an interesting team and still not out of the fight right now for the playoffs. That means to me that every game, you know, whether you're going into it or going out of it, you've got something to pay attention to. Whether it is figuring out like Dezingle is a trade piece or a guy who's going to be here for a while or what Orion Merkley is going to develop into or how much juice is left in the tank for Brent Burns. I mean, it's all it's all an interesting dynamic. And I know that people want wins more than an interesting dynamic. But the Sharks, again, when I watch them, I, I don't know what I'm going to see one game to the next. I think that's one of the more fascinating aspects about it. And of course, uh, equally frustrating for fans. But it's like you don't know which version's going to show up, and a huge part of that is due to the roster, obviously, but you just don't know what you're going to see, and I think that's kind of fun. It's like every game can present its own dynamic because sometimes they're winning 3-1, and sometimes they're losing 3-1, and sometimes they're you know getting a goal early, and sometimes they're falling behind early, and it's it, again, it's to me, it's a fun dynamic to watch. It's something that I appreciate seeing, and it gives me something to talk about out of every single game because, again, I think you look at some of the teams that are truly at the bottom of the standings right now, you know, you look at an Arizona, for instance, and I think that you say to yourselves like, well, it clearly could be worse. And I'm not trying to, to dump on them or anything like that, but I mean, it just, it is, it could be a lot worse. Seattle only has 17 wins. That seems like miles away from where the Sharks are. So while the Sharks are not an elite team, I, I definitely think we can all acknowledge it could be worse. Obviously, that's not exactly the type of standard you want to set. It's just something that as a sports fan, my entire life, like I've seen some god-awful 49ers teams, seen some god-awful, you know, Golden State Warriors teams, seen some god-awful A's and Giants teams. You know, the Sharks, thankfully, are not anywhere near any of those teams. The Sharks just happen to be dealing with a roster that is not elite, and when combined with the amount of absences and injuries they've had this year, 
It has put them in an obviously difficult situation, which has led us to the point now where we are 10 points back and trying to reign in Nashville, and no better time to do it than tonight when they host Nashville at the Tank. That wraps it up for this edition of The Build-Up. Be sure to join us right here on the Sharks Audio Network at 4.30 as we begin our pregame coverage with Dan Rusinowski, and of course, the game gets underway at 5. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off.